Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things health, wellness, self-care, and real talk. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, health coach, actor, and badass extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode four of the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. Oh, man, I'm so excited you are here, and I cannot wait to share with you guys this conversation. This week, I have on the amazing Lauren Frontera from The Real Female Entrepreneur, and she dishes out some realness, you guys, and some amazing tools to help you guys navigate the mess that is life, Um, and I cannot even tell you how much of a joy it was recording with this amazing woman. She and I just hit it off off the bat. I have immediately felt like I've gained a new soul sister and I know you will too just listening to her. Her energy is contagious. She speaks from the heart and is just really honest as fuck, which you know I am all about. And I cannot wait for you guys to get to know her better. So a little more about Lauren. Lauren Frontier is the founder and visionary of the badass online platform and sisterhood, The Real Female Entrepreneur. Her podcast reaches thousands of women at all stages of business through real, honest, inspiring conversations with both high-profile and newly emerging female entrepreneurs. When she's not in front of her computer, you can probably find her pretending to be the next contestant on the Great British Baking Show or some other food-related TV contest. (laughs) Love that, Lauren. And I so loved chatting with you, and I cannot wait to share all of the goodies with you guys. So take a listen, and here we go. Yay, Lauren! Welcome to the podcast. So excited you're here! I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you. I feel like I'm already just like feeding off of your energy. Like I feel it's, the same way. Like energy. you're like dancing. I wish you guys could see her. She's like dancing. Like right. as we go, I'm like, we are officially soul sisters. Like I've been talking to this gal for like 10 minutes. I'm already like, yep, you're my soulmate. I love it. Oh, it's so good. Oh my gosh. So Lauren and I have been connected for a couple of months now on the, on the webs. And I don't even know how I found you originally, but I just... And like, if you listen to her podcast, which she, I'm sure she'll talk about later on, you just immediately get this sense of like, here I am unapologetic. And you guys know, if you follow my Instagram or have been listening to the podcast for a few weeks now, like, you know, that my word of the year is unapologetic. And I am all about just like living in your authentic truth and just being your goofy, weird ass self and I'm really making a concerted effort to doing that this year and having this girl in my life, even just on social media has like empowered me to do that because she's just so real. And I just, I can't wait for you guys to get to know her a little bit better. So welcome Lauren. And yeah, I'm so, so pumped. So I guess to get started, like, how do you feel like the past few years have progressed for you? Cause I know you've been through a lot of navigational changes. Um, and Do you feel like you have experienced, you know, a quarter life crisis, not necessarily when you were, you know, quarter of your life, but like, have you had that moment or maybe multiple moments and what are the ones that really stick out to you in your brain as like kind of a turning point in your life? Um, What were you doing? What happened? And kind of how has that shaped who you are now? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, this is such a great question, Amanda, because it's funny, like if, if we had talked two weeks ago, when technically we were supposed to talk for the first time, yeah, I would have said, yeah, but I would have said I, I had like one huge quarter life crisis, but I really think it's like last week was another one for me, but we'll go back to the first one. Um, the first one for me was like hugely centered around career. Yeah. So, and it probably happened. It was like a little, like a, a year or two before my 25th birthday. So a slight premature quarter life crisis. Um, but I, I was always like that kid in school, like kindergarten onwards who like never got in trouble, always followed the rule, always did my homework. If for some reason I forgot an assignment, I would have like a mini panic attack, you know, like the teachers loved me. I was the A student. Like, and so I, you, you don't know what to expect after school until you get in it. And I remember graduating college and being like, what, and the hell, like, why does no one prepare you for this? Like, (laughs) it just is, it's like this whole new world. And I had dreamed of like the different jobs that I wanted to have. And growing up, I always wanted to be a teacher. And um, that changed in college, like after I was like a member in DECA in high school and got a taste of marketing and was like, oh, like, this is really cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think I do like business. This could be fun. Excuse me. And um, so I ended up majoring in business and I was like, this is perfect because I can do anything. And that was great until I could do anything. Anything, And like all that I knew was I was like, I want to change the world. Like that was it. I I had no idea. And I knew I loved nonprofits because I felt like through nonprofits, I could change the world, but that's all that I knew. And again, because I had this experience in school is like everything always went my way and I always did great. And because I always did great. I was always like top student. And so I think that I just, I don't know, I expected like adult life to go the same way. Like, oh, this will be easy. I'll just get a job and I'll figure it out and it'll be wonderful and I'll do a good job and everyone will like me and I'll, I'll enjoy it because mm-hmm. I loved school. Yeah. Like I, lo- I was that college student who loved reading textbooks. In the same like, way. I, oh my gosh. Our right? are so the same. Like, I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, these business books are so incredible. So I graduate and, um, my first job I was at for six weeks, which again, I, I had this, I worked for the same restaurant for like five years, like high school through college. Like I was not the kind of girl to like start a job, you know, leave a job, mm-hmm. start a job, leave a job. Um, and that all changed when I graduated college yeah. because I started my first job and it was like the top ranked company to work for in Charlotte, North Carolina. And um, I was like, oh my God, it was so cool. Like they had the coolest interview process. I remember like one of my answers in the interview process was um, pooping butterflies and farting rainbows or something weird <laughs> like that. Like that was like, th- th- that just kind of gives you a little insight into their interview process. It was fun. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. You know, I was like, oh, like a really fun company and this is gonna be awesome. I think I must have been completely clueless as to what the job description was though, because I get there and we have two weeks of training and, um, and, and then you go onto the floor and I was working in a call center. I was selling direct TV in a call center and the hours were not like your typical nine to five. Um, you could not go to the bathroom unless you requested a bathroom break. And there was, and and the way it worked is you were on teams of like 10 people. And so call center calls are constantly coming in. Well, the highest performers on the team, they're going to direct more calls to you because you're converting. So, um, 
you know, continued the, the path of like being one of the top performers. Right. And I was like top team performer and I hated the job. I hated my life. I was like, I'm reading this script on a phone. Like how in the hell did I not know this is what I was signing up for. And looking back now, I really don't know. I think I was just like kind of blindsided by like, Oh, it's a cool company and it's a cool interview process. And it's, it's going to be great. You know? Um, and there was one day when I was sitting there and I look around and like everyone on my team is twirling around in their chairs, like having a good time. And my phone didn't stop ringing because all the calls were being directed to me. And I was like, this is awful. Yeah. And then about a week later, there was a lot of like ethical things. That, like I just, I did not feel comfortable with, like I, I was not okay being asked or told or suggested <laughs> to lie to someone on the <gasps> phone. Um, like, like a flat out lie. And I remember that night, like I would go home and I would sit in my closet. I had like a walk-in closet in my first apartment. I would call my mom and I would cry yep. and I would shut the like closet door. So my roommate couldn't hear me. And I was just like, this is awful. Like I, I cannot do this. So I quit after two, after six weeks. And um, I worked at Starbucks, which was still to this day, one of my favorite jobs ever um, <clears throat> was there for three or four months. And like the whole time I was there, I was applying for other jobs got a marketing internship, went there, um, was there for a few months. And right when it was getting ready, like they, right at the time when they said, Hey, we're adding another full-time job to the team. And we'd like to offer you that job. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I said, Oh, well I'm moving to Colorado. So got to turn down that job. Yeah. And then I moved to Colorado, worked in corporate HR for a while. And then there was a handful of jobs after that. But the, that the whole like a year or two after college for me was just this huge, like crisis of I'm in another job. This is going to be the one and a month and I'm miserable. And then I moved to Colorado and I find another really cool startup company and I'm doing HR and I'm like, this is going to be it. And then like two months in, like I knew very quickly, like into these jobs, like, again, here I am miserable. And I can remember that first job here in Colorado, like walking to the park every day at lunch and like calling my mom or my best friend or whatever friend I hadn't called in the past week that I could call again to cry about, you know, yeah. or to cry to and just be like, I suck. Like, who am I? Like, I am a horrible adult. Like I can't figure this out. And I I'm not content enough in any of these jobs to stick it out. Like what's wrong with me. And that was like story of my life for the, like one to three years after college. Seriously, your entire story sounds so much like mine. Like I, I mean, I went to college for something I loved. I went to school for acting, but you get out of school and you don't, you know, make a living as an actor. So you, I immediately had to go into, okay, I need to find some day jobs or a day job. And I ended up working multiple different jobs. At one point I was working seven jobs at a time and literally wanted to kill myself. Yes, it was the worst, but I ended up at a call center. It was one of the first jobs I took out of college. Um, and it was for a theater company that I really loved in the city. So I was like, okay, at least I'm trying to share something that I'm passionate about, but it was seriously soul sucking. And I kept having those moments too, where I, you know, cause I also had the experience of growing up being a total type, a perfectionist, goody, goody kid. Like I got 
A's. I was always, always showing up and getting my work. Like I was teacher's pet to the T and Mm -hmm. you know, I prided myself on that and I was like, I'm going to get out of school and I'm going to kick ass. And of course I kicked ass at this call center life, but I hated my life there. And I hated my life doing so many of the other jobs I was working too. Like I was a Segway tour guide, which like sounds really cool, but it's cold as fuck when you're in the winter and you're like (laughs) constantly trying to bundle and you're living in Chicago. You're like, this is the worst thing ever. And a lot of people are not the nicest. It turns out <laughs> and you're like, be nice to me. I'm, I'm giving you a tour of the city. But anyways, it's just, it's crazy how, you know, we get thrust into this life after college and just are kind of expected to thrive and all of a sudden be an adult and do our taxes and know where to start on finding out what you actually want to do instead of just being in this learning process where, you know, people like us thrive so, so well. And I just think it's really interesting that we both have now found and navigated ourselves through to the entrepreneurial life, which it just is, I feel like it's something I honestly never imagined I would get into like ever, ever, ever. It just was not something I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to start my own business. That's crazy. So I'm curious, like that path of, you know, going through business school and then leaving school and being amidst all these crazy jobs, like what? was that click moment or maybe like spirit, like continued amount of moments that led you to saying, I want to start my own business. And this sounds like a good idea and something I would be really good at. Yeah. So where I ended my story a minute ago in the the corporate HR job here in Colorado, um, I lasted there for like nine months. Longest job. <laughs> yeah. You're doing better I've than got, the other one. <laughs> right. Um, but I was miserable. And so I was doing that like soul searching again, um, I, 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 like, that was when I first heard of like life coaching and it's funny. Cause I looked into it then and I had a friend go, have you heard of life coaching? I think you'd be really great at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like right before it like all blew up. But anyways, um, so I was like researching all the things and I'm like food, like I love food. I'm so passionate about food. So I looked into culinary school, realized like the amount of money you pay to go to culinary school is, is the, like the amount you're going to make per year when you graduate. And I'm like, I, I didn't have any student loan debt. And I'm like, I cannot do this. Um, so next best thing was like, okay, what if I could get experience working in the food industry? And at this same time, um, one of the many conversations I had with my mom, we're on the phone and she had been making granola at this point for several years. She started at some point when I was in college, like two out of three of her kids were gone. So I don't know if it was like empty nest syndrome, yeah. she was kind of bored. Um, she started making granola and like, like several times a week and she would experiment with these flavors and make new flavors. And so she always had way too much granola. And so she would give it away to friends or send it with us to school. And, um, people started asking her to buy it that she worked with because they loved it. And so one day we're talking and I knew that I always wanted to start a business when I was living in Charlotte, my mom and I had actually kind of bounced around the idea of starting like a bakery or cafe actually. And I knew that I loved business, knew that I would start a business one day, had no clue when or what that would be though. Um, and so we're on the phone and mom's like, well, why don't, why don't you try selling my granola? Like everyone is starting to ask to buy this. So that (laughs) was the moment. Um, my my mom and I went in together. I ended up leaving the corporate job and going to work at a local bakery here. Cause I wanted to gain that experience, like Mm -hmm. in not retail cooking, but like larger scale baking operation and like, you know, customer service and all that. Um, so that was the point I was doing like three or four jobs at once, like trying to make ends meet. And, um, we, we, we started the granola business, which I did for about three years. Okay. So then how have you, like, what 
obviously that is no longer, are you still doing that business? No longer. No, we closed that a few years ago. So what caused you to close it? And I mean, obviously you're in a completely different sphere now Mm -hmm. from an entrepreneurial standpoint, which is so cool about being an entrepreneur. Like there's so many options and so many things you can do, which I mean, we could talk about that for hours, but what do you feel like has led you to where you're at now with your business and like did you want to do granola food forever Mm -hmm. or is that sort of something that you kind of lost love in? Mm -hmm. So I never loved granola. (laughs) That's the thing. Like, I mean, I would eat it occasionally on yogurt, but I wasn't a big granola person. Like that was my mom's thing. My thing was business and entrepreneurship. And I also loved, again, going back to like the nonprofit connection and like wanting to change the world. I had read the book by Blake Mikowski, the founder of Tom's Shoes about this time. And I like had one of those aha moments where I was like, Ooh, okay, I can combine these two things I love. Like this wanting to change the world doesn't have to necessarily look like a prop, like a nonprofit business. It could be a for-profit business with a social mission. Mm-hmm. And so when we started the granola company, we um, launched our one bag, one meal program. So we collaborated with local food banks and donated one meal for every bag of granola we sold. Oh, I love so that. I loved it. Like I, I loved the business and the marketing and the figuring things out and the building a website and like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like the sales, the connecting with um, the stores in North Carolina where you're selling our granola, like all of that I loved. I was never passionate about the granola. Yeah. And what happened was the business slowly grew over the first year when we were in about 20 or 30 like local stores in North Carolina. Um, we were doing two farmer's markets a week, but my mom was managing all that, like the baking, the delivery, and she was also working a full-time job. And for anyone out there who has owned or currently owns a product-based business, especially the type of product-based business um, that has small margins, like a granola, mm-hmm. you have to sell a shit ton of granola yeah. to, to break even and to be able to pay yourself. And so we were nowhere close to being at that point. Um, but it was at the point where my mom was like, I can't do any more than this. It can't grow any more than this um, because I don't have the time for it and I'm mm-hmm. not quitting my job to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well... I'm not moving back to North Carolina. So we moved the entire business, like all of the operations really out to Colorado. And that like looking back now was the beginning of the end for me because I, I don't know if I've had granola actually since I closed the business, because when you are baking that much granola, like every week or two, it is just, I feel like you just go crazy on granola. Like it's a lot of sugar. It's a lot of granola. It's a lot of oats, but a lot of, yeah, Nuts. we had a lemon blueberry flavor. Like, Ooh, I mean, our granola okay. was great. Like we still have people to this day ask, like, can you please make granola? Um, but we had this lemon blueberry flavor and my husband, Josh would go help me. And there was one time we were making like 60 batches. It was an ungodly amount. And so um, he was in charge of zesting and juicing the lemon. And after however many hours we were there um, in the commercial kitchen, we go to get dinner and the waitress is like, would you like water? I'm like, yes, 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 please. And she's like, would you like lemon with that? And Josh looks at her and he's like, no, <laughs> no, no lemons. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. So that was the beginning of the end. And that was right about the time too, where I started to become aware. Like I knew that this business thing was hard, but I was really confused by that because I was like, I'm doing all the right things. Why does this feel so heavy? Mm-hmm. But I didn't have words like self-doubt or insecurity to label what I was feeling then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and no one else was talking about it. It's so incredible because 
there's so many platforms now that are having more of these conversations, which is so good because like you and I talked about before we started recording, like we need to have more of these conversations. Like we need more people to know, like this shit is hard life, business, all of that. And we're not alone. Um, but there wasn't a lot of that back then. It was still very much just like the perfectly curated Instagram feed with the perfectly curated captions about the successes. Um, and I started to doubt myself and I started to think, oh my God, like maybe I'm not cut out for this. You know, like if I have all these fears and these things coming up, like maybe it's just me. And I was in a mastermind group at the time. And most days we talked like strategy, like what are you doing in your business? What new things are you launching? How can we help? How can we brainstorm? But this one call, the other girls started opening up and talking about not having enough sales that month. Um, or contemplating and going and getting another job or Instagram comparison. And that, that was the moment, you know, it's so funny when you look back on moments in life, there's not always just like this clear moment when it all makes sense, but that's when the the door started to like open and shift for me. And I was obsessed with podcasts and that one conversation I had, I was like, that conversation gave me life. It was the light at the end of the tunnel for me. It was that moment where I was like, it's not just me. Like, I'm not what's wrong here. This is just an uncomfortable thing. Like growing a business is not this like always pretty glamorous thing that I expected. Um, and again, I was falling out of love with the granola business because it was just so much. And I knew that I wasn't in it for the long haul. And then now I wanted to have more of these conversations to inspire other women who were Mm -hmm. trying to do what I'd been doing, which is grow a business. And so that was kind of the catalyst for closing that and then starting the podcast. Yeah. Which I have to say, and I know we said, talked about this a little before we started recording, but I am just in so much awe of how willing you are to be vulnerable. I feel like, you know, what you said about like hearing somebody else's story, like that's what shifted for me too, because I mean, and my, my big shift for me was I was really inundated from a health and fitness perspective in a really negative sense for a long time. Like I have a really long history with binge eating and, you know, orthorexia and just obsessive relationship with both in like a overeating perspective and also in a not eating enough perspective. I've lived both extremes and for so long I felt like I was alone and I had this health and fitness Instagram and I was like constantly seeing these women who were like living this, you know, the comparison I just was freaking real and I, it still is, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's just so hard to see that there is a different thing and that you're not alone when people aren't sharing. And I just, I, for me, like a huge part of why I started my business is because I wanted just one other person to know that they were not alone and that the emotional eating and the binge eating that they were experiencing is something that so many women go through and that the doubt and the lack of confidence in themselves and the constant not feeling enough in their life on all fronts was so, so common. And that if just one person could say those words and maybe they heard it at the right time and from the right person that it could change their path. And it's like, if all the women, like right now, I feel like with the Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement, like there is a rise of freaking truth talking and it's like fucking yes like yeah I could throw down the microphone and just (laughs) say like thank you for just sharing your truth because if every woman had the courage to just do that like Mm -hmm. we would all feel so much less alone in this life and I just want to commend you for 
creating a space and and I know it's more geared towards the entrepreneurial life but like you in your solo episodes and you guys you have to listen to the real female entrepreneur podcast it's like a freaking tongue twister every time I say it um but it's seriously incredible and every Tuesday Lauren just shares from her heart and just shares like what the fuck is messy in her life and like <laughs> we need more women to do this and like i hope that you guys can feel empowered by you know us sharing it or you know anyone in your life that is inspiring to you sharing it themselves and i hope it also empowers you to do the same because mm. you have no idea who you could be impacting and i'll just get off my freaking high horse yeah. choir now but <laughs> when it's like even if cuz it, it's it can be so hard like you don't have to share I'm trying to not use that word. It, it can feel so uncomfortable mm -hmm. to share those stories. Like even if you don't feel ready to share that part of your story, allow hearing other people's stories to give you more empathy. Like if yes. anything, like, like hearing more of these conversations across the board, not just about business, but everything. It's like, it rehumanizes people for me. Yeah. You know, it like reminds me like, God, you're human. Like, like when someone cuts me off now or someone like, you know, gets pissed at me in line, it's like, I remind myself, like, I'm, I feel sorry that you're having such a terrible day, yes. you know, like, because that is what is like creating this. And it's like, it just, even if you're not the one sharing, like allow it to give you more empathy for everyone else. Yeah. And show up in your life in a different way. It's funny yeah. you say that about the car. Did you used to be like a really stressed out driver? I feel like we might have had the same. I would, I know I was much more road ragey. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God. Me too. I used to like literally be the girl in the car who would be screaming inside of her car at other drivers who were like idiots. And I would just be like swearing and like so mad. And I was like a rude human at a certain point in my life, especially when it came to driving and like slow walkers. Like those were my two big pet peeves. <laughs> Really? Yeah. I mean, I just, I, you know, when you live in Chicago, especially when you're living downtown, which I was for a period of time, if there is somebody that is slow walking in front of you and you have somewhere to go, like get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> you know? But like, I feel like it's so interesting having done the, the inner work on myself the last couple of years. And when you have a business, I feel like, or really just are human, like the inner work is so, so important. And I think it's the first thing that we don't do because it's so easy to put ourselves last, especially as women in this world. And I think when I started doing that, I, my road rage stopped. Have mm. you also experienced that? Or do you still feel like you have little bouts of like, yeah, you know, I think it's, I think for me, it's a combination of the inner work and also being more open to people's stories, like, and hearing more people's stories. Yeah. Because again, like, like the inner work is so huge. It's so, because then you realize everything's really about you, you know, yeah. but, but then you, it also allows you to get, have empathy for other people. Like when someone does something that like used to would have pissed me off or maybe be like, who the hell are you to say that? You know, like what? Like yeah. now I'm like, oh wait, they have a story though they that I have no clue yeah. about. And it's like, when you say that I did so much inner work myself with like therapy last year. And it's so interesting because there was a decade of my life from my teens to my like early twenties that, um, I was just dealing with a lot of really like not positive stuff. And, um, it like, it showed up in my relationships and the way that I felt about certain relationships in my life. And there was so much resentment and anger. And I was like, well, it's your fault. You know, like, this isn't my fault. Like, this is on you. 
And then when I did that inner work, it was like, those relationships completely transformed. But the funny, like when I tell people that I'm like, no, no, the other person has no clue. Like nothing changed for them that I know of, but, but everything changed in me and it completely changed like the relationship, which is so interesting. What are some of the things that you did like inner work wise that kind of got you to that shift? Therapy. Yeah. I mean, therapy was the foundation for all of that. Um, so like a few of the things that I learned in therapy, one was, um, just practicing more mindfulness. And it's so interesting because some of the things that I can remember first hearing in therapy last year, I was like, I don't know how to do that. Like, and when you say that to me, it doesn't make sense, but now it does. Like one of the things, like I had a lot of anxiety and, um, one of the things that my therapist, she was incredible. Like I will forever be grateful for her. And that was like one of the hardest parts of moving was because I knew I was moving away from her. But one of the things she taught me was being aware of my emotions rather than judging them. Because before that, like I I went to therapy one week and I'd had this really hard moment of anxiety. And Josh, my husband is, is my best friend. We were best friends before we ever started dating. And like, there is nothing that I can't tell him. But in that moment, we were driving in the car and if you've experienced, like for me, anxiety shows up as kind of like this, this whirlpool. It, it, it's like one thought leads to another and you can't make it stop and you can't make it stop. And it feels like you're drowning and it's hard and it's hard and it's hard. Um, and I was so embarrassed. Like I couldn't even tell him that that's what I was feeling. Cause I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, why do you feel this way? Oh why can't gosh. you make it stop? And yes. um, the thing that she taught me was like, she would say, you know, be aware of your emotions. Like, and rather than judging them, even when you're angry at someone, don't, you, that doesn't make you a bitch. Like I, I was yeah. dealing with things and I'm like, am I a bitch? Cause I feel this way. And she's like, no, like don't judge those emotions. Like those are natural emotions. It's okay to feel them. Just be aware of them. Like, instead of judging them, Get feel curious. intrigued by them. Like, yeah. Oh, why do I feel this way? Like, and back, again, back then, like there may be people listening who are like, like me a year ago who are like, what in the hell does that mean? I don't know how to just like be aware of my emotions, but like now I can, and it just, it changes everything. Yeah. I think something that helped me was, cause I feel like your emotions are connected to your thoughts. Like what you think is immediate, like what you're feeling shifts to what you think. And I think that once you start getting curious of the words that you're saying to yourself, that can really inform your, at least personally for me, that's been a huge, huge, like aha moment. It was like, okay, get curious of the, the thoughts you're having. And then where they might be centered from is where you can kind of start navigating the emotional life, which is hard to do because a lot of the time I don't, for me, for a long time, they were just really shitty things that I was like, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to be aware of the fact that I'm saying to myself that I am, am a terrible wife. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be aware of the fact that I'm saying to myself that I am a disgusting pig. And it's like, those things are, are my thoughts. They're not me, but they're my thoughts. And mm-hmm. so I think the second you get curious on those things, you can also get curious on your emotions and stuff, but yeah, it is so true. And that's, that's the thing. Like you have to be curious. Cause if you're not, you just have this spinning like whirlpool of thoughts that you feel like you're drowning in. And it can feel so impossible to get out of it. Yeah, I so resonate with everything you're saying. And like, for me, my anxiety happened really all of a sudden. Like it was not like a slow roll. Like I had never experienced anxiety. I didn't really know anything about like depression or anything like all through pretty much end of college. Like I was like, man, I'm good. Like I'm chilling. Like anyone, someone would tell me that they dealt with anxiety or depression. I like did not have any understanding because Mm -hmm. I just hadn't experienced it. Mm -hmm. And so 
when I, I went, I like experienced like a really crazy summer and like all of the, that was probably like my first big quarter life crisis before my, my career quarter life crisis. It was like my life quarter life crisis where I just felt like I was drowning and I experienced my first panic attack which I had, I thought I was dying, like legitimately thought I was dying because I was like, what is happening to me? And it was so, it was so interesting because my husband is, has experienced those kind of things in the past. And it opened up this world of understanding with him Mm -hmm. that I had never had. And also with so many people in my life that I'm very close to, but beyond that, like it, yeah, it's, it's, it gave me so much perspective on what so many people are dealing with kind of comes back to also like that person in the grocery store like you don't know what they're experiencing and what are the things that are impacting them and anxiety is something I think so many people deal with and don't voice I think mental health is something that's like almost even more you know pushed under the rug than like physical health and, and and wellness and um and I just yeah it's crazy but yeah for me it was like very very like sudden and, 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 and I, it would happen like in the middle I was driving and I would have to like pull over. Cause I, all of a sudden I was just having this like complete panic. Yeah. So that's crazy yeah. that you, you view it as kind of like a whirlpool or. Yeah. And even now that's how it feels for me. Like, again, I've never, I don't struggle with like chronic anxiety, but it comes up. And like last week, especially was one of those weeks where I was like, my God, I have so much anxiety, but it does. It feels like there's a brick on my chest and on my heart and it's hard to breathe and I'm short of breath. And then my head feels like a whirlpool. Um, But it's also interesting because for me, I don't know that I knew the word anxiety until after college. Like Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't one of those emotions that I was taught growing up. Like, oh, this is, this is anger. You feel angry. This is sad. You feel sad. Mm -hmm. But looking back on some of the things I went through, I'm like, my God, like I had to have had so much anxiety, but I didn't know how to deal with it. Cause I didn't even, I wouldn't have even known that that's what I was feeling. So I'm sure a lot of it transferred to like anger and resentment or sad, you know, like, like other things because I didn't, I couldn't label it at the time. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to tell you, cause I was just thinking about this and mm-hmm. like, this kind of started in therapy where like when I was, I was working through some of those things that I experienced when I was younger, like and one of the things that my therapist said was, like, I was, I was sharing my story with her, which is sharing your story is so powerful. Yeah, I you know, agree. like, <laughs> oh, you're like, I just need someone else to hear this and know this. Um, but she goes, poor, like, 13 year old Lauren, you know, like, carrying all of this, you know, and like, for the first time, I was like, oh my God, like, I felt so sad for like 13 year old me and was like, I'm so sorry you had to carry all of that, you know? And like, and now I think I'm able to think about myself that way because we all like have things that we've dealt with at younger ages. And like, it's all within us. Like that 13 year old Lauren that didn't know what to do that five-year-old, like whatever, like it's all within you. And so sometimes now when I'm, I'm feeling a certain way, I'll think about myself. Like if I'm the parent, how would I love on 13 year old or five-year-old Lauren, like in this moment, like, what would I tell her? Um, And like that, like allows me to just be so much more loving and kind to myself. Yeah. I do something similar, but I talk to myself as if I'm my best friend. I know this, this might sound super crazy for you if you've never done this before, but just like try it and and see how how it feels because I would find myself constantly saying shit to myself. And even my husband, Kevin would say, say like, babe, like he would catch me saying shit out loud sometimes. Mm -hmm. And he'd be like, babe, like, why would you say that? 
about yourself ever, you know? And I just think, I think when you start contemplating like, okay, would this be something that I would say to the, a person I love? Like mm-hmm. my best friend, like the first person I think of is my best friend, Caroline. And I'm like, would I ever say this to her? Or if she were to say this about herself, would I immediately go girlfriend, slow the fuck down, you know? Mm-hmm. And just like, how can you express how you're feeling and feel the feels and acknowledge the feelings, but also give yourself the grace and the kindness instead of just immediately going to tearing yourself apart. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a hard, it's a hard practice. It's a practice. Yeah, it is. And I think though, like a lot of times we revert to that, like the anger and being mean to ourselves because anger is an easier emotion for a lot of us than that sadness or like insecurity or like whatever that underlying emotion is, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's easier to just like, you suck. than be like, I am so scared. I'm getting ready to fuck up right now. I'm so scared. I'm going to fail. I'm so scared. I'm going to like ruin this relationship. You know, like that's far harder than just being like, you suck, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, journaling for me has helped because people for years would tell me, talk to yourself like your best friend. How would you say that? And I'm like, well, no, I wouldn't, but like, how do I stop doing it? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. for me, like journaling to myself, like, and, and so intent, because it's, it's, it can be hard to be conscious of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. If you haven't practiced being conscious of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, like journaling and like writing kind things to myself, like I would to my best friend or like I would to my child, like that helped my mind start doing it. Yeah. No, if I do the same thing. I do post-it notes. So I will write down like, girl, you look amazing or you're confident, like human. And I would like post that on my bathroom mirror, on my dashboard, in my car and stuff like that as little reminders. But I think, I think you're right. The act of writing it out is really powerful because it, it's actually feels like it's coming from you then instead of just like these crazy weird thoughts that are just randomly in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. And and you can be more intentional about it rather than just like waiting for the thoughts to come in and being reactive. You can be proactive about it. I love that. Those are such good tips. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Okay, so going into this past, how how long have you now had the real female entrepreneur? Because you, you almost just two years. Well, well, technically, I mean, I've been doing the podcast yes for two years next month, but I rebranded um, to the real female entrepreneur a little over six months ago. Okay, so I I think I must have found you like right when you were going through the rebranding. Okay, um, but I so tell I guess tell the listeners for those of you who might not know um, what kind of inspired that and what the real female entrepreneur is all about. Yeah. Um, there was one main inspiration behind it and, and, you know, kind of like the, the one catalyst and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it snowballs into other yeah. things. But the one catalyst was, um, with the podcast. So it used to be the grand glitter podcast. I was having these conversations, right? Like with female entrepreneurs, pulling back the curtains and sharing the real stories behind the successes, like the things that we weren't sharing on social media. And um, I, I got to hear so many people's, so many different people's stories, because the one thing that I talk about a lot is um, you, you can't separate business and life. Like, I don't care how much you try. It is impossible Mm -hmm. to tell your business story without telling your life story Mm -hmm. and vice versa. And if you try to, you're you're leaving stuff out, right? Because what happens in life so deeply affects what happens in business and what happens in business so deeply affects what happened, what's happening in your life. So through these conversations, I was hearing their life and business story, like the behind the scenes, the hard parts, all the stuff. Right. And, um, and then I slowly like got to know more and more women and, again, like started to have so much more empathy, right? And like realizing that all of our stories and all of our experiences are so different. And I started to get to know this incredibly diverse 
group of women who were both coming on the podcast and that were just a part of like the online community and spaces that I was like mingling in. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I started noticing that a lot, not all, there's some incredible platforms, but a lot of the platforms and communities where I at least had been involved, um, and active were representing this one size fits all version of a female business owner. And she was white and she was successful and she came from a mostly privileged background Mm -hmm. and that was it. Yeah. And it was really confusing. And also it made me angry because I was like, man, but I've, I've met just a small handful of women and they're not, they're not who you're portraying, right? Like you have this massive platform and it's really confusing because you're showcasing this one story or this one woman, but she's not at all representative of who, um, the female business owner or the female creative like really is. And so I knew that that was a foundation of what I wanted to create. I knew that I wanted to learn more. Um, this was also like around the time, like after the 2017, 2016 election, <laughs> like, wait, my years running together. Um, when like, there were so many other conversations that were happening and I was like, I want to learn more. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be more aware. I, I, I want to do more with my platform. I want to create the kind of platform that I want to see out in the world because I'm not seeing a lot of them. And so at that same time, I was also trying to figure out um, how do I turn this into a business? Because when I initially started it after closing my first business, I was very adamant. I, w- I was burnt out on granola. And so <laughs> in my mind, it meant I was burnt out on business. And I was like, this is not going to be a business. This is just a passion project. I just want to have these conversations so mm-hmm. that other women can hear them. But it slowly evolved and I slowly like fell more in love with them. was like, oh my God, this could totally be a business. Yeah. But this is a very different type of business than my first. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to figure out how can I monetize this? Like, how can I do something cool and exciting that feels true to me and true to the brand that I want to create, but also accomplishes like these really core values that I want to build into the brand of highlighting the diverse female entrepreneur and creating like an inclusive space for that. And um, so I, I, I did what I never, ever, ever do. And I took a week off from working aside from just getting the podcast up. And I spent the whole week brainstorming. Um, I just read this book that kind of inspired me to do something different. And um, the whole week, honestly, <laughs> the, the time that I intentionally spent brainstorming, no idea that came up during that time that I implement. But it was <laughs> Thursday afternoon. And I was like, man, did I just like, totally shit away this whole week because I was supposed to ha- like come up with the idea. And here I am, it's like Thursday afternoon mm-hmm. and still nothing makes sense. And so I had a mastermind call that afternoon. And like a few minutes before I went outside and I sat in our chair, like with the sun on my face. And I was like, I'm going to set the timer on my phone for five minutes. And I'm just going to meditate. And that's when the idea for like the name, the real female entrepreneur and this site that showcased the diverse face of her, like who she was came to mind. Um, and then slowly over the next 24 hours, like everything just kind of fell into place. And I decided to rebrand, um, because I felt like it was much more in line with what I was doing. Like the name just more accurately represented what I was doing. And then I launched the homepage, which is now becoming a community. And yeah, it's so amazing. It's serious. And like, as a female entrepreneur, I just like, I just need to commend the fuck out of you for just creating a safe space for women who are going through that because, you know, you're right. Like it's, it's messy and don't get me wrong. Like when you're working on a business that lights you the fuck up, 
there's nothing else you want to be doing. Like work doesn't feel like work to me. I could literally work all day and all night and just be like the happiest human. And I'm kind of in this space in my life right now with the podcast launch and working my business and running, you know, working groups with my clients. It's like, I'm constantly working and I'm, but I'm so happy doing it. But at the same time, like shit's hard. And there are days when I'm like, I could literally pull my hair out right now, but it's like, is that hard? okay. And is that hard worth it? Yes. Is it still messy? Yes. <laughs> Are there still days where I'm like, uh, Hey, uh, uh, where's this money going to come from this, this month? <laughs> yes. Um, but it's like, yeah. And I just, I think it's so, so, so empowering to have a space like what you have created for women to come together and share all walks of life, you know? And, and yeah, it's just inspiring as fuck girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That, I, I, it's like, sometimes I'm like, I don't even know where that idea came from, which I think that's how the best ideas come mm-hmm. from. Like, have you read Big Magic? Oh, hell yeah. Remember? Right. It was really one of those moments, like where everything she said in that book made sense to me. Because here I was, I'd been trying to force the idea to come all week. And, and I never would have come up with the idea that I did come up with if I hadn't stopped, gone outside, like let my mind just chill for a minute and breathe. And like, that is when the idea came, mm-hmm. which has been such a huge lesson for me too. I love that. Just like take some time to, to breathe maybe yeah. more often in your life. <laughs> Everyone I listening, take more everything. time to breathe. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So going into this journey, the six months, like obviously it's still a work in progress. Obviously you are still figuring your ish out. So like yes, life is great. Like you're like, you're finding your groove, but like, okay, as you said, like what's messy about your life right now? I know it's been kind of a crazy week for you, but. Well, let me just tell you what January has been like, which I also, one of the things I've been working on over the past year is not caring what other people think. And I'm not saying I I still want, I I still want to care about what other people think. I don't want to say something that makes someone feel like a bad person, but when it comes to my story and what I'm experiencing, caring less, but Mm -hmm. I found myself over the past week when I've been telling people what January has been like for me, I'm like, I, I swear I'm not this crazy person that lives in this dramatic world. But anyways, that's what January has felt like. So we started off the year, um, with me sick in bed and I never get sick. I never get sick. Um, and the sickness led to this really bad cough, which then led to this really horrible lung pain. And then I go into the, I finally go to the doctor and find out that I have what's called pleurisy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, whatever it is, what it is. But it like, whenever you inhale or breathe deeply, or even apparently do yoga, cause I tried doing slow yoga. It just hurts really badly in your, like in your lung area. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was getting better from that. And my 28th birthday was on January 19th. So we went away to the mountains. Thank you. (laughs) Are you an Aquarius? Uh, Do what? Are you an Aquarius? No, I'm, well, I'm right on the line of Capricorn and then whatever's next. Like 19th is the cutoff date. My birthday is, you guys are listening to this after the 4th of February. My birthday is the 4th of February. And so I'm an Aquarius, but our birthdays are so close. Well, happy early birthday. Thank you. (laughs) So exciting. There's so, I know so many people like within that two week span of birthdays. It's crazy, but, um, So yes, we went to the mountains and everyone was like, Lauren, like at this point, I'd been sick for almost three weeks. Like I was feeling great, but still had this pain that kind of ebbed and flowed Mm -hmm. and like just couldn't shake it for whatever reason. So everyone was like, don't go skiing, take it easy. Like, got it. I will. Right. Cause I want to get better. Like this shit sucks. Um, so I were going out to breakfast Saturday morning and I cough again and start walking down the stairs 
And all of a sudden this, this sharp stabbing pain will not go away. And I can barely walk. Um, I can barely like walk into the breakfast place. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like almost on the verge of tears. Cause I've not had pain like this yeah. ever in a very long time. So um, anyways, we ended up at the urgent care and it turns out something similar to spraining a muscle in your foot had happened in my lung area because of all this going on. So they had to give me some like really good pain meds because again, it like hurt to walk. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, what is this life? Um, So that was Saturday. We get home Monday and our pup had had a partially torn um, ACL. It's not called ACL in dogs, but they're like similar to human. And um, Monday night we were walking him and he slipped on ice and went completely lame in that leg. So could like barely hobble around on three legs, which is just, it's like, he is our child. We don't have human babies. It's real life. I don't, if something like that happened to Toby, I would literally just like ball. I would just be a ball on the floor. Yeah. It is the saddest thing. And he's not just our dog. Like he's our child, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, we're, we're living, we were living in this downtown apartment in downtown Denver, which was great, but there's stairs and it was hard to get broken outside. And especially now, um, almost impossible. Like we were having to pick him up to go up and down the stairs and he's a 90 pound Bernice mountain dog. So, um, not not ideal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, anyways, it turns out he, his, his ACL was completely torn. And so last week was a series of, Oh my God. Um, we've spent so much money this month on him and now we're going to have to pay for surgery that is several thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. And we had just paid off, finished paying off student loan debt and built up our emergency fund. And we're getting ready to like plan to buy a house later this year. And so this whole week was just this week of a, we can hardly live here anymore with him right now, because it's, it's, it's impossible for me to get him outside without Josh, my husband there to pick him up. Mm -hmm. Um, we're now like our, our lives and what we expected this year to look like has completely changed. And now we have got to spend a shit ton of money on this surgery that we hope works. And then there's this huge recovery period. So, um, we ended up moving like within 24 hours, we were able to transfer apartments out of downtown to a bigger space. It's much easier, but there, I I don't write journal a lot, but I voice journal Mm. and, um, I laugh because I'm like, one day I got to just put these in a podcast and put them out there. It'd be hilarious. I want to hear it. (laughs) They are like, like there was like that day when everything was just happening and we were like, what are we doing? We have no clue. I was like, I am fucking done being an adult. Like I just threw an adult fit. I was like, I can't do this. I sobbed so many times last week because I was like, it's not even the fact that like, is he going to be okay or not? He will. But I'm the one required to make all these decisions. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I got to figure out taxes. And on top of that, I got to grow, like build this business. And on top of that, I'm launching a new community in a few weeks and was supposed to spend all this last week working on that. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, we got like, it's just being an adult. There is just so much sometimes. (laughs) And last week I had multiple moments where I'm like, I'm done. Like I cannot do this. And like, there was a moment in the car where I, I told Josh, I was like, we have to move. Like we have, because I feel like if we don't, I am physically going to end up in the hospital because the, the effect that stress has on your body is so ungodly. Um, but it's, it's interesting because now here I am a few days out of those days of feeling like I just could not do this. Mm-hmm. Like I, when you just have no heart or energy left to do it. Um, and life feels completely different now. Yeah. <laughs> like in the moment, knowing that it's going to feel completely different doesn't help. Um, but now that I'm on the other side, it feels, it feels good. 
but yeah, the, the past month um, has just been, you know, like one thing after the other. Yeah. And I think, I think like just knowing and hearing that that's life sometimes, you know, like that there are just seasons of life where shit just seems really hard and there are going to be seasons of life where it feels fucking amazing. And, you know, all you can do is show up every single day and just keep showing up and keep doing your best and putting one foot in front of the other. And, you you know, like I had the mantra, you can do hard things for a really long time, you know, when I was going through the ish of it all. And so I just think, yeah, girl, like I'm glad you're in, you're in the out of it now for sure. Yeah. Yeah. When I think that like whenever you go through something like that, like the best thing that you can do is put yourself first. Yes. And also be aware because I think that like we live in this like world of contrast as human beings and like not so comfortable emotions and then really great emotions because it is this constant learning experience. And it's interesting because you said um, you can do hard things. Like just last week I was sharing on Instagram, like being an adult is so hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then I had this revelation yesterday or Sunday where I was like, oh my God the whole week before, before things started to flow and fall into place, I had been saying, this is so hard. This is so hard. This is so hard. Adulting is so hard. This is so hard. And that is exactly what my reality was reflecting back to yeah. me. It was hard. Nothing was working. Nothing was flowing. Nothing was falling into place. And on Saturday morning, I was like, I can't go on like this. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to do my meditation before I get out of bed. I'm, and I'm going to, I'm going to be an adult today because I can do this. And mm-hmm. I did one thing after the next. And like, as I allowed it to be easy, mm-hmm. it became easy. And that's not to say that all those like uncomfortable emotions went away. They did not, but I actually had it. this sense of peace and ease. Mm-hmm. No, totally. I love, let it be easy too. I've been, that's, that's something that I think is, is a re- mm-hmm. really good thing to focus on. Yeah. You're totally right. Cause what you focus on expands. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you for freaking ever. Right. <laughs> Like I just talk about all this stuff. Let's just talk forever. I'm gonna have to have you back. Um, okay. So my favorite way to end podcasts is to do some like quick, fun, like fiery questions. So are you ready? My fave. Yes, let's do it. Ready, ready, Freddie. All right. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Pumpkin pancakes with Ooh. peanut butter on top. <gasps> Stop it. Two of my favorite things on the planet. Okay, cool. Okay. If you could be anybody for a day, who would you be and why? This is kind of a hard one. Oh man, it's so hard because I'm like, I, I bet I'm going to answer this and then like go back and want to do someone else. Um, but the first one that came to mind was Ellen DeGeneres. Cause I love to experience that like yes. energy of being on a talk show. Ooh, that's such a good one. I love yeah. that. I, I don't know who I would pick, but I would have to be a guy because I just want to know what it's like to have a penis for the day. Like, I'm just really intrigued. Not because yeah. I want one, but just because I'm so like, I don't know what that is. You know, I'd be What's so it like having this. Phone? Yeah. I feel like I'd probably just spend the whole day like naked, just like <laughs> doing, you know, like just dancing and just being like, oh, oh cool. God. It moves like that when I go this way. <laughs> that is so funny. I have never thought of that before, but that is such a good answer. Right. Because like, I have no idea. I have no concept. So See, I would. But- I have said the same thing about actually having big boobs because I have mm-hmm. always had small boobs and I'm like, you know how they say like when you have kids, like your boobs get bigger, bigger and I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to know what to do with myself. Like I'll pro- probably walking around, like walk around just holding my boobs all day. Like, oh, they're, they're, whoa. Okay. That's I feel the same way. Oh my gosh. Like. Well, we'll have to talk when we get pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. All right. all right. And last one, what does it mean to you to live a fuck yes life? Hmm. 
to end each day feeling like I did exactly what I wanted to do. Love it. Love it. Yeah. All right, lady. Thank you so much for coming on. How can all of these humans who are listening, my audience, how can they connect with you and become best friends with you too? Because officially I want you to know, like you are in that category in my life. I know. I'm like, let's meet IRL. Okay. Like in real life, we got to go on a retreat. Let's do it. So good. So good. The the main hub is the real female entrepreneur.com. If you're listening to the podcast and want to hear the podcast, um, you can search for The Real Female Entrepreneur wherever you're listening to the podcast. Um, but yeah, social media everywhere is The Real Female Entrepreneur too. But the website is the hub for the podcast and the community and blog and all the good goods. All the things. Cool, cool things. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And we will definitely have to have you on again. I but know, for this now, has been so good. Such a good start to my day. Ah, me too. And hopefully if you are listening to this early, it is a good start to your day too. And you yeah. have an amazing rest of your day. Yes. Thank you so much, love. And there you have it. Thank you so much, Lauren, for coming on the show this week and for all of the stuff that we talked about in the episode and more info on how to get in touch with Lauren or dive into the real female entrepreneur. If you are an entrepreneur yourself, uh, check out the show notes at www.amandacatherinewithakloy.com slash four. Yep. We are on number four, you guys, and I am so pumped to share with you guys what is going on next week. Um, And in the meantime, if you loved this episode, shout out Lauren, go say hey to her on Instagram, uh, and also tag Live Your Fuck Yes Life. We have a Instagram dedicated just for the podcast, Um, so be sure to tag us in it so that we can see that you love the episode, share your takeaways, and we're going to start doing something really fun in the next few weeks where we actually do social media shout outs. Um, so you could be shouted out depending on, um, what you share. So really, really excited about that. So be sure to tag us and, uh, join our community so we can get more in-depth conversations about what we dive into in each episode every week. You can get sneak peeks of who is coming up next on the podcast. Um, and so, so, so much goody goodness. Um, and that's really where I pour into you guys in a more direct, tangible way and a one-on-one um, setting beyond me talking to you through the pod. So thank you again so much for being here and we will see you next Thursday.